0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, hey. Hey. How are you doing today?
1: I'm... uh, Well, as I said when I came in, I still feel a little hungover from Tuesday. I hear you. We went out with Max's dad, who can fucking party. Like, we were out till, like, two in the morning, and he's, like, good. And I'm sure he wasn't even hungover yesterday, where Max and I were both struggling. He's a pro. But he's just like... I'm like, how do
0: you do, do this? Like, he's... Almost I know, 60 I know 60. some older people who can party super hard, like, party way harder than me. Like, every time I go out with
1: Brian Ram, I'm like, I'm going to be exhausted yeah, the next day. Yeah, you got to prepare
0: yourself. Well, and we go to West Hollywood, too. We
1: went to the whiskey, so I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to be out late. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny, because, like, with my friends, I'd be like, okay, we'll go out for a few hours. We won't be out too late. And then with him, I'm
0: like, no, I'm going to party. <laughs> so we're recording on a Thursday. I yes. think I've legitimately gotten, like... Ten hours of sleep this entire week thus oh, far, babe. so I'm super tired, and I have two more overnight shoots um, this week. So you look I'm tired. gorgeous because you're you all done up for so your
1: self tape today. I had a
0: self tape audition today, so I uh, like got up this morning and ate some Captain Crunch and put some makeup on. I mean, you look stunning. Thank you so much. Your makeup, you look just like
1: fresh and like. Oh You it don't look tired. Hides you look all my bags. Yeah, I mean, I I'm still in the shirt that I slept in. <laughs> I have no makeup on. I literally brushed my teeth and left the house and put on different pants. And that's
0: look. We're we sweatpants gang. Yes, today. we are. Yeah. And
1: big boyfriend t-shirt gang. Loving it. So, I I have something that's serious, but that's not like super urgently why bad. Don't, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So have you seen the ad? by the Sandy Hook Promise on I, Gun Safety? I have, yes. Okay, so I really wanted to talk about that. So they, Sandy Hook Promise is a gun safety advocacy group created after the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary, and they put out this ad on Wednesday that is, like, chilling. It's a back-to-school it's ad? It's a back-to-school ad, and it starts out just like any normal back-to-school ad would. They're talking about getting new backpacks and folders for organization, and, like, slowly the testimonies start getting darker and darker. This one kid says, These new sneakers are just what I needed for the new year. As he's running down the hallway with sounds of like screams and gunshots in the background. This girl says, these new socks, they can really be, a, they can be a real lifesaver. And she takes her, like, knee socks off and, like, ties a tourniquet around this girl's leg, who's bleeding. And in the final scene, a girl her, huddles in the bathroom stall and types out a loving text to her mother on a glittery pink phone. Tears stream down her face, and she says, I finally got my phone to stay in touch with my mom. And then she closes her eyes to the sound of a door opening and footsteps approaching. The co-founder of Sandy Hook Promise is Nicole Hockley, who lost her six-year-old daughter in Sandy Hook. She says that school shootings and gun violence shouldn't be fun to watch. These ads need to be something that's really important and difficult to watch for us. She says, the more we step away from reality, the less respect we're giving those who have to live through this. The gun industry is known for its savvy marketing strategies, and it has courted women and children with firearm accessories and cartoons. Hopefully, ads like this can counteract the negative images portrayed by gun advocacy media groups such as the NRA TV. I think it's really important because, like, there is a lot of media out there for the NRA that makes it seem like cool. There's pink guns, there's glittery guns, there's, like, kids learning how to handle weapons and all this kind of stuff where I feel like it's really important for these ads to be out there to counteract a lot of the really harmful images that we see from the NRA.
0: Yeah, I mean, and not just the NRA. In America, there is such a glorification of gun culture and violence in general. Mm. I mean, a lot of jokes are made about the fact that, like, Americans seem to be so, like, pearl-clutchy about sex and things like that in our media. But when it comes to, like, gratuitous violence, we have no issues with that, especially guns. Um, Gun culture is a very serious thing in this country. And, you know, with that being said, again, I've said it on this podcast many times. I'm from the Midwest. I understand that there is a large cultural significance for a lot of people. And part of that is teaching your kids how to handle weapons for whenever you go hunting or like whatever.
1: But it is still important then to show what they did to right. understand the importance of the weapon that they are wielding.
0: Right, and to understand that this isn't a toy. I do yeah. think that it sends the wrong message whenever there are, like, pink glittery guns or, like, guns that have, you know, characters, cartoon characters yeah. on them or whatever, because these are not toys. And I think that confusing like a toy with a weapon that can take somebody's life is, one, very dangerous. And then, two, I totally understand her point about needing to counter Interact those images um, by seeing the devastation kind of firsthand. I will post uh, this ad on our Instagram for anybody who wants to watch it. It's amazing. Um, It is. It is super super moving. Um, I am so cynical at this point, though, that I'm just like. Man, if Sandy Hook didn't get people, or if if watching six-year-olds be marched out of their classrooms with their hands on the top of their heads, like, yeah. terrified um, after 20 kids were just gunned down, didn't do it for you, I don't what, know what kind of be? ad is going to, like, be effective yeah. enough. Yeah, have you seen the... Billboard, it's
1: on Vineland and Burbank Boulevard, and it's, like, mass shooting
0: insurance. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you can get, like, mass shooting insurance now. I mean, it was only a matter of time. It's such a, like, and... I I don't think we can emphasize enough to people who are younger than us how fucking bizarre this is. Like, that this has become such a main part of our culture. Right, that back to school is back to the anxiety of your kids being at school and not knowing if they're going to be safe. Right, and, like, bulletproof backpacks and, like, you know, mass shooting insurance and advisory warnings for coming to the United States because of mass shootings. Like, these types of things... It's so bizarre because yeah. when we were kids, like, and Columbine happened, it was so out of left field for it seemed, everybody. It seemed like, like a
1: one in a million
0: it was thing inconceivable. To happen. Yeah. Yeah, that it would
1: become like a thing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, with where,
1: where I pick up my kid from school, like, they can't even cross the street to get to the car, they can't walk home from school. Like, they, they have to, like, a parent or guardian has
0: to come to the classroom door and get their child out of school that way. It will be interesting, and by interesting I mean probably very sad, whenever we get to the point where we can do studies on what this kind of stress has done to children growing up in... Oh, it's
1: gonna be devastating even just to test it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and not just mass shootings, but, like, all of that. I think we're living in a time even though a lot of studies have been done that our world isn't necessarily, I mean outside of mass shootings, but, like, kidnappings, murders, those types of things, our world isn't any less safe or any more safe than it was before.
1: Right. But mass shootings is a different...
0: Mass shootings is different, but thing. also there's just... I, I think kids today are also just growing up with so much more anxiety around all of it. Because... Yeah, well, like, I think... The stranger danger, the all of it, because we were given so much more freedom to walk home yes. a- alone, to, like, do things well, by ourselves.
1: I was talking to T the other day about how I was part of something called the school patrol... And in fifth grade, you would walk with, like, orange vests and orange flags, and you would escort kids home from school at certain points. And if you were further than those points, you know, either your parent could say they can walk home the rest of the way by themselves, or a parent would meet them there and walk the rest of the way with them. It was for parents with kids who were, you know, younger that were still at home and all these kinds of things. And it made me responsible when I was doing it, because I was responsible for these kids. And it also taught you know, the kids that they can still be independent and be able to do things for themselves within these guidelines of safety. And I think that a lot of the fear and stress has a lot to do with the fact that this generation of parents that are right now are helicopter parents.
0: Right. And they, they're they helicopter parents because... For good reason. I mean, yes and no. Invisibilia, I, I don't want to go too deep into this, but like Invisibilia has a really good episode talking about fear and whether or not our fears are unfounded based on the fact that, like, the helicopter parenting became stronger because of the 24-hour news cycle where we were constantly being shown things that people weren't talking about before, like, you know, molestation and kidnapping and rape and murder, and, like, we were seeing it all the time, when in reality, I mean, (laughs) the world is actually slightly more safe now than it ever has been. well
1: because we have more knowledge and information and there are things like you know i look up the sex offender registry in t's area and mine it's good to have the information but at the same time you cannot always protect your child from something bad yes. happening you can prepare them to a point have conversations with them But it's important for children's development for them to be able to go out into the world and make mistakes, to learn from experience, and to have freedom to be able to be kids.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's it's a really hard line to walk. I don't envy parents having to try and figure out where that line is because of course all you want to do is keep your kids safe. And yeah. right now it's such a scary time. I don't even know what I would do if I had a kid who was in school. I would be terrified. I mean, I would be terrified. Yeah,
1: but it's to the point where parents are scared to even let their kids play in the front yard. Like yeah. I, to me that seems personally to me i'd be like just go play in the front yard check in like with my mom she'd be like check in with me every once well, in a while also, and i'll you, see you later you can
0: do everything right and it doesn't necessarily protect your kids from harm yeah so
1: bringing your kids to school a place where they right. can be harmed Then mm-hmm. what else can you do you know what i mean like you're not nobody is safe and right. i'm sorry to say that you can't but bubble
0: like, wrap your kids you, you know and and keep them you just protect it all the time you just have
1: to do your best yeah. and hope that you're one of the lucky ones i'm yeah. sorry
0: that's all you can hope. but with all that being said that means that we need to really take a good hard look at our fucking gun laws because yeah. because we shouldn't have to go we shouldn't have that. to have these conversations where we're like what do we do i don't know can't do anything better just hope for the best you know yeah. what i mean like that's bullshit it's bullshit and i think that's the point that that ad was trying to make exactly exactly like, we have to do something and also
1: focus on kids should be excited about their their cool new backpack with the characters that they love on it and their and their colorful folders and getting to meet new friends and their teachers like those should be the things that kids are thinking about when they're at school not you know you know the kid who's like my parents got me this cool new skateboard he throws it through the window so we can get out you know what i mean those those are not things that kids should be like having to think about what their responses would be in those situations they should be focusing on their education and friendships and becoming good members of society
0: yeah absolutely okay so let's talk a little bit about shane gillis have you heard about this no. Okay. It's I mean... All, I never know anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, like, say it like that, like, ooh, like, it's, like, some hot tea or whatever. But, I mean, it is an interesting thing because it's been in the news uh, all this week. And I think there's some interesting things to talk about about it. So, SNL just recently hired some new actors... Right. Uh, ...to join their cast... That I did know. Yes, (laughs) and we did get the very first full Asian American cast member, Bowen Yang. He is the first uh, full Asian SNL cast member. Awesome. He has been a writer on the show for a very long time. That's cool. It's really exciting. Yeah, that should be the big news. Everyone, you know, because it's fucking so far like long overdue. Yeah. Um, that this is happening. So that should be the thing that we're talking about. But But we're not (laughs) because. At the same time that SNL hired the first Asian-American cast member, they also hired this guy named Shane Gillis. And Shane Gillis is a stand-up comedian, which is not out of the question for SNL on its face, but it is a little odd because typically the people that um, SNL hires are... They're, like, improv. Improv actors. Yeah. Yeah, sketch comedians, people who are in, like, Upright Citizens Brigade or Groundlings. Groundlings. Yeah. Yeah. And he is Second a stand-up Trinity. comedian. Okay. And he... <laughs> so, it was announced that he was a new cast member, and literally later that day, people were like, what's up with this shit? And they put out a episode of a podcast that he did last year, in 2018, Okay. where he was making a lot of very racist remarks. (gasps) He was using a lot of um, Asian slurs. Really? Talking about Chinatown. um, Just saying a lot of really derogatory things. Dude. Among other things. There were a lot of misogynistic things that he has said as well. And so there was a lot of backlash, of course. And then he came out with a non-apology where he was like, as a comedian... I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like... Honestly, it kind of made me, like, furious because he was like, as a comedian, sometimes things land and sometimes they miss. Yeah. That's basically what he said. It was just like, sometimes I'm funny, sometimes I'm not funny. If anybody's actually offended, I'm sorry to you. But, like... Yeah. um, But... There is an
1: interesting line, I feel, with comedy where people will say shocking things, will give shocking opinions, and it's hard for me sometimes, because I was talking about the Dave Chappelle stand-up that Mm -hmm. I watched a few days ago, where, like... I'm laughing at the delivery, but, like, I feel like I can't watch it because there are things that I so strongly disagree with, and I I believe truly that it's all about drawing your lines and how seriously you want to take. I think if you're using slurs, if you're being derogatory very explicitly, I think that's 100% wrong, but I feel like in comedy there is a weird line that comedians draw for themselves and that audience members have to draw for themselves. Absolutely. And I think that it's a really hard hard line to walk, but I think being outright racist and using racial slurs is way over that line.
0: Right. I mean, and that's the thing. There's a lot of comedians who are coming out of the woodwork and saying like, you know, what are we supposed to be doing anymore? Like we can't say anything anymore. And I, I understand that. And I actually do agree with the idea of like, as soon as we hear that somebody got something, we have to go and we have to dig in their past and we mm-hmm. have to find, you know, something to bring them down. And I, I think that that part of our culture needs to be scaled back. Like, well, and because think, you
1: can make a mistake in the past and be completely Absolutely. Say, I've learned, I've changed. And absolutely. And can accept that. Yeah. But
0: there are a few things about this. One...
1: It was last year. It was
0: last fucking year. It wasn't like this happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Two, he didn't give an apology for it. I think it would be a different... Sorry you're offended. Yeah, it would be a different situation if he had given an apology for it. And three, it was a podcast. It wasn't stand-up. It wasn't some, like, joke that he had, like, worked on and was nuanced and had, like, a worldview that he was trying to get a point across to. Right. Um, Because there are comedians who... He's giving, like, an interview. Whose takes I disagree with. Yeah. But who I can understand, like, this was, like, a, like, a nuanced take of, like, looking at a certain facet of something that's supposed to make you think, right? That's not what he was doing. It was him and his buddy, basically, like, what we're doing right now, talking about Chinatown and saying really fucked up shit about it. Um, so that's not a joke, and I don't understand why people keep coming and defending it as if, this was like him. Rob Schneider came out and was like, people will never understand how difficult it is to like bomb on stage people trying to like give you like advice about this or that or criticizing you but that's and I'm like different. he wasn't on stage. First of all, like yeah. it was, it's a podcast. Um, and it wasn't a joke. It was like two people just riffing. Having a conversation. Two white guys thinking that they're being fucking funny right. about something that's not funny. It is offensive. They're sitting in this place of like privilege where they can throw around stereotypes as if they are not harmful to a yeah. community of color. And they are. Um, and so, like, for all of those reasons, I say fuck you, you know, and I'm not sorry that you. Did get fired from SNL yeah. um, because he did recently. Good. Um, because, you know, they just couldn't fucking handle the heat. I no. think if he had given a different apology, I think. They could have made it work. They could have made it work. Right. But also, then my question is SNL, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, because I had this conversation with Anthony, where Anthony was like, "I don't think that they they knew," but I was like, "How did they you fucking do checks. not know? Because somebody on Twitter found it in like two hours. So yeah. how did you not know?" And as far as if I you're heard, hiring
1: someone, you need there is a lot of like checks. It's that a vetting you do, especially process, especially for
0: SNL, especially for SNL, yeah. and especially when you know you are making history, hiring the first Asian American performer. And then at the same time, you're going to hire... a racist? Who's racist specifically against Asian American people? Like, you're going to tell me that that wasn't something that you knew? Yeah. Like, especially since from everything that I've heard, his stand-up, this is kind of like what he's known for, is his, like, yeah. quote-unquote, like, irreverency or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, it's bullshit. And Lauren Michaels came out and said basically, like, well, we just didn't want people to think that we had too much of a of a left-leaning bias on the show, so we wanted to cast somebody who was more conservative to play on the show.
1: But and there's conservative and there's
0: Right-wing, racist. yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, this is basically, like, alt-right racist rhetoric. Like, you yeah. could have hired someone who was conservative or maybe more moderate or whatever. Like, that, that's right. fine. It is a TV show that is meant to appeal to a wide audience. But to... What does that say about conservatives or your view of conservatives exactly. that you think hiring somebody who is racist misogynistic is conservative yeah or is right-wing like yeah. what does that say you know so yeah um he's gone he released Bye. a statement where he was like No one will ever be able to take away from me that, like, I was funny enough to get cast on SNL. Good for you, And then was, like, basically, like, I'm more of a mad TV guy anyway. Oh, cool. Like, okay, go do mad TV. Yeah, bye. And the thing that bothers me the most about this... Sorry, I could rant about this all fucking day. Like, because it makes me insane because so many people, even comedians I like, are coming out of the woodwork and being like, um you know, you shouldn't just dig into someone's past until you find something and then take their livelihood away. And I'm like, here's the thing. You can say whatever you want as a comedian. You could be a stand-up. There are tons of stand-up comedians who say offensive shit and are successful. Yeah. Like, you could have done that. That doesn't give you the right to be on SNL. That doesn't mean that you have the right to any job that you want. Like, freedom of speech isn't freedom from consequences. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you should be allowed to work wherever you want. And they don't get to have any say in that. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. If he wants to work for himself, let him fucking work for himself. Exactly. Like, no one's taking away his right to do comedy. Yeah. 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 Um, So anyway, anyway, (laughs) that whole situation happened. Do you have
1: something positive?
0: Yes. So um, recently, um, as of last Wednesday, so yesterday for us, two days ago for the listeners, Facebook or not Facebook,
1: Instagram. Yes, we're this talking about was, the same thing. This was okay. I okay. was going to talk, talk about something else, or this.
0: So yes. okay, yes, this is what I have. So there are new guidelines mm-hmm. on Instagram, new community guidelines, and they detail what type of weight loss products and cosmetic procedures can be promoted on Instagram for people under eighteen. Right. For, for people under eighteen, mostly. So the new guidelines say that posts that use certain weight lo- weight loss products or cosmetic procedures and has an incentive to buy or includes a price, will only be shown to users over 18, and content that makes a miraculous claim about certain diet or weight loss products and is linked to a commercial offer, such as a discount code, right. will no longer be allowed at all. Yes! So so that is a huge Woo-hoo. step forward. So it's like fit those fit tees that are basically like, use discount code CHLOE at checkout and, and then shit your
1: pants later. Bye. Yeah, so, <laughs> so those
0: will no longer be allowed because yeah. there is a commercial like promotion right. for sale. There's for so for many these. of those
1: ads. And they're
0: super, super harmful. Yeah. And so then, many of like
1: the dance moms girls, like even as like they're still kids, they promoted Fitchi and stuff like that. That's so like, gross. What the
0: fuck? And then in general, just weight loss products or cosmetic procedures, um, certain certain ones won't be shown at all to people yeah. who are under 18. That's so I awesome. think that that's super great. Um, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place, who has iway on Instagram, which is great if you don't follow it. You definitely should be oh, following it. Um, she's been a super vocal critic of these weight loss yeah. ads. I know she called Khloe Kardashian to the carpet very famously Oh yes, um, for promoting...
1: She's I made a it funny video about it, too.
0: Tea or whatever? Yeah. And she said in a statement, this is a huge win for our ongoing fight against the diet slash detox industry. Facebook and Instagram taking a stand to protect the physical and mental health of people online sends an important message out to the world. I'm thrilled to have been able to work towards this with them alongside a host of other experts who shed light on the danger of these products. So, yay.
1: Woo! That's great. I love it. So... I, qu- I quickly wanted to bring this up, because we were talking about Bachelor in Paradise before we started. Indeed. And they have had their first same-sex engagement yes. ever in Bachelor history. Demi and Christian. Demi and Christian. I share a last name with Christian. I want to know if we're related. <laughs> uh, hit me up, girl. So, I'm wondering how, how and if this is going to influence the future because for me it's like you set a, you set this whole plot device up. I think it was calculated. Absolutely. I think they knew from the beginning she was coming in. They were strong from beginning to end. We knew they were gonna get engaged. This was a surefire
0: win. This was a surefire deal. This was Which they knew, yeah, for sure. They wouldn't have brought on a couple where there was going to be a lot of issues, I don't yeah,
1: think. Yeah, I mean, they created some drama. There was some stuff where, like, I think it was real feelings, but they definitely heightened oh, them yeah, to they, be mm-hmm. way more, like, yeah. are they going to end their relationship? Like, no, they're not. They're so in love. They're so cute. And I am just, I'm wondering now, like, you've set this bar now. You've done this thing. Where are we going to take that? We see this beautiful, so that they get they get engaged on the beach together. Demi proposes to Christian. She says, yes, it's beautiful. And then on the after the final rose kind of thing, Christian then proposes to Demi. And they both get rings, which some people are like, why do they both have to propose to each other? I just thought it was cute. It was a cute way of giving Why Demi not? The ring. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think it's fine. And, that- it, and in fact, I'm in some wedding groups. And just this week, I read one where... um a woman had been proposed to by her fiance yeah. her male fiance and he, they like had kind of a proposal that neither one of them were like super happy about but they were very happy to be together and so she was in there asking for advice because she was going to present him with a ring yeah. and propose to him on his birthday Haley's so
1: fiance has a has a ring. And a bunch of people are like, are you
0: married? And they're like, no, but
1: I'm wearing a ring. He wanted a ring, too. Yeah. Like, and they can both have rings. So they propose to each
0: other. It's not yeah. something that's completely unheard of. Exactly. And I feel like you're just manufacturing outrage if you're oh, upset I, agree. About
1: it. I totally agree. But I'm wondering, so we're, we have this happy, like, two engagements of this same-sex couple that's so beautiful. And then they're like, our next bachelor, Pete. With, like, this white brand The most hetero, like, white. Still lives with his parents. Yes. Pilot. Right. Rich. Blonde hair, blue-eyed, rich. Mm-hmm. like It's
0: so Boring. typical. And yeah. he's like, unlike any Bachelor we've ever had. And you He lives at a picture. close to the mansion. That's literally what they said. Yeah. They're like, you're unlike any Bachelor we've ever had, in that you literally live close to the mansion. Well, do you
1: remember on when he took Hannah on the plane ride? They're like, there's the mansion, hi! It's like, so
0: fucking stupid. It's so weird, because I'm like, Mike
1: Johnson is right there. Yeah. Mike Johnson is Who right there. Been he been was the there bachelor. that night. They should have been like, and he's sitting down here already. Mike, come on up. Like, it infuriates me. Yeah, but you could I'm, have had the first black Bachelor. You, and you you could have had your first same-sex engagement mm-hmm. and the first black Bachelor. Well, I, When I, are we going to start seeing... I would love to see a gay season of The Bachelor, a lesbian season of The Bachelor. The, it would be amazing.
0: This is A the bisexual same... season of The Bachelor. Sorry, I don't want to keep <laughs> okay. cutting you off. <laughs> this is the same network that has Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars, though. I mean, like, uh, yeah. they are always going to ride that line... It's you know there's a few things like having the first black bachelorette was a lot safer than yeah. having the first black bachelor because it's very different to have a woman who has like a bunch of men contending for her yeah. than to have a black man who has a bunch of like white women contending for him yeah. that it's it's not going to stoke the outrage machine quite as much um Which just is so just as like having two women but on the bachelorette everybody loves is, mike no i i know i know but it's like they're they're only going to do so much they're not going to rock the boat so much and you know historically we talked about this in our bachelor episode the bachelor is a very heteronormative show but, and but it, then why
1: are you then why are you pushing those boundaries if you're not actually going to have any payout for those boundaries
0: you know what i mean well i mean i think that they'll continue to push them slightly but i don't think that they're going to push them all that much you know what i mean i don't think so because i mean we <laughs> we had the first black bachelorette and we haven't had an interracial like relationship come out of the bachelor or the bachelorette not paradise but the other ones yeah since then you it's know, so um, annoying though. So it, it's it's gonna be one of those things where I think we'll see think more of it. Through. I also don't think we're going to see two men on The Bachelor for quite a long time. I for would a love it. very, very long time. I would love it. Um, or like what about
1: like a, a- bisexual woman. I feel like a bisexual woman would be a safer choice for society than a bisexual
0: man. Yeah, I I wonder if they will do... I I think we'll see more of it on Paradise. Yeah. I don't think we're actually going to see a bisexual cast of The Bachelor. It
1: would be um, so cool. Or The
0: Bachelorette for a while. Yeah,
1: it would be interesting to see how the drama would unfold and how that would be handled. It would definitely be... Interesting. There was a really
0: offensive version of that on MTV back in the reality TV days of MTV where there was a Tila Tequila. Yeah. Do you remember where she had that, like... I remember but, Tila but Tequila. But it, it was very problematic. She made them, like, not she, but the show made all of the people sleep in the same bed. Like, there was, yeah. like, one giant bed. It's so weird. It was very, it's very weird. It's so weird.
1: weird. Tequila was an odd one. It was
0: I mean, I'm not necessarily blaming her, but the no, way the they show. fetishized bisexuality on that show was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, the way that The Bachelor handles masculinity, I don't think that there's going to be... Um, I don't think... I think they're going to have a really hard time with having same-sex male couples on that show. Yeah.
1: But to wrap it all up, Mike was right there. Mike was Everyone right there. Everyone loves him. Everybody wanted him. You had... That was the perfect opportunity. He's way more
0: interesting than Peter. Oh, my God. Peter is
1: boring. I'm so still going to watch it. But I'm like,
0: dude, I don't care. But I'm happy for Demi and Christian. Demi and Christian. I saw Yay! her... I saw her down the street here I know. in Sherman Oaks <gasps> not that long ago. I would have gotten a picture with her. I mean, I was driving. But oh. she... um So cute. Tiny. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. She looks
1: teeny tiny. Yeah. She's... I love her. I love her so much. I want to hang out with them. Did you see the cake that they have, like, an engagement party, kind of, on the night that the show was airing? I didn't see it. And it's, like, it said, congrats, um, Demi and Christian, and then in parentheses on the bottom of the cake, it says, this cake isn't the only thing you'll be eating tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were just dying. I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever that seen. That is funny. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another mini episode. Uh, if you have any comments on this episode, if there's anything you want us to talk about, if you want to send in sister solidarity stories, anything like that, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also follow us and DM us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We use Twitter sometimes. Go ahead and follow us there at YAMP Podcast. Y-A-N-F. Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can like and review us on our business page. We enjoy that very much. And we really, really love it when you leave us reviews on Apple Podcast. Come on, guys. It's been months. Do
0: it. <laughs> I think there's something wrong with Apple Podcast, though. in really, our listeners, In our listeners' defense. I think that there is something wrong with it. Okay. I'll... I'll I'll buy it. Because my other podcast has been having issues, too. And I'll get okay. emails that are like, you have reviews. And I'm like, where? So where are they? I think there is an issue with Apple Podcasts. Okay. Well, But anyway. do it anyway.
1: I mean, just, just do it, please. We really appreciate it. It helps us a whole lot. And it also really uh, helps us when you listen to us on Radio Public. I was looking at the listens. Not many of you listen there. I know you hear us every week. And I'm not trying to pressure you.
0: But you you is, are, I think, I, a little.
1: I mean... <laughs> I'm just, I'm not trying to be obvious about it, Keegan. I don't want to seem too pushy, but it does help us out a lot. It's a good place for you to listen to us and for us to get a little bit in return, and we appreciate it. Uh, that is all we for happy today. With all that being said,
0: we encourage you to rage much. on. Bye! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator,